0: Your name may or may not be Zerubbabel, but God still has a word of encouragement for you. Here's Pastor Trent Griffith. Some of you are facing a mountain of temptation,
1: temptation to quit, a mountain of exhaustion. It's just not worth it anymore. Some of you are facing a mountain of disappointment like they were. Things just seem to be moving so slow, and your dreams aren't being realized, and you're so under-resourced. It goes on in verse 8. It says, Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house, his hand shall also complete it. In other words, God's going to get done in his power what you can't do in yours. Everything you need has already been supplied
0: through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Welcome to Resonate with Trent Griffith, Senior Pastor of Harvest Bible Chapel in Granger, Indiana. I'm Aaron Paulus. So I have a question for you. What's the hardest thing that you're facing right now? What is that obstacle, that hurdle, that mountain that may seem insurmountable? Is it financial difficulty or tension in your relationship with someone? Maybe you feel completely stuck in a sinful rut. Well, whatever that mountain is for you, there's hope and help. If you're a child of God, a believer in Jesus, then you have access to the best helper possible, God himself. Well, last week, Pastor Trent started walking us through a bit of a strange passage in the Old Testament book of Zechariah. We're about to hear some highlights from last week, as well as a conclusion of that message. Here's Pastor Trent.
1: I've asked you to open your Bibles to Zechariah chapter 4, verse 1. And the angel who talked with me came again and woke me. Everybody underline the word woke me like a man who is awakened out of his sleep. And he said to me, what do you see? And I said, I see and behold a lampstand of all gold with a bowl on top of it and seven lamps on it with seven lips on each of the lamps that are on top of it. And there are two olive trees by it, one on the right of the bowl and one on its left. And I said to the angel who talked with me, What are these, my Lord? And the angel who talked with me answered and said, Do you not know what these are? No, Lord, I don't know. Verse 6, so he said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. I forgot to tell you, Zerubbabel is the project manager for the rebuilding of the temple. Very important key figure in uh, this part of the Bible. So the the spirit of God wants to communicate a message to the project manager over the temple reconstruction project. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. There's three prayers that we're gonna, pray in response to what we're seeing in God's word, all related to the Holy Spirit. This is the first prayer. Awaken me to the reality of the Holy Spirit. Awaken me to the reality of the Holy Spirit. Back in verse one, we're told that Zechariah was awakened as a man is awakened out of his sleep. Now that's very significant. Zechariah was not asleep. It says he, he woke up as a man who is asleep. That's very symbolic of the people that I face every Sunday morning in church. There are some people here that are awake physically, but spiritually, you are very sleepy. Understand the reality of the spiritual realm. First of all, we are spiritual beings. You are more than just matter. You are more than just chemical. You are a spiritual being. The scripture says that God breathed life into man and he became alive. And so there's a sense in which we are spiritual beings. That's the good news. The bad news is this we're born into this world spiritually dead because of sin. We're broken. Our, our Wi Fi signal is, is broken. We've lost connection with God. We are offline with God. So our prayer is, awaken me to the reality of the Holy Spirit. We need spiritual power to pray. We need spiritual power to overcome temptation. We need spiritual power to to tell others about Jesus. We need spiritual power to obey God. We need spiritual power to love unlovable people. We need spiritual power. So, we have this strange story here in Zechariah chapter 4. Did you notice all the symbolism in the story? I mean, we have this angel, he wakes up Zechariah, and then he, he shares this really strange vision. There's two olive trees, there's a big golden bowl, there's pipes connected from the olive tree to the bowl, and it's fueling this lampstand with 49 different sources of light. What is that all about? The fuel source was olive oil, which you get from olive trees. And so those olive trees produced olive oil, which was used to provide light and heat in the temple, in the place of worship. The most tedious job of the The priest back in the day was supplying the oil in those bowls so the light never went out and the heat never went out in the temple. So here we have this story of these self-sustaining lampstands that are connected to the constant flow of the olive trees that provide oil for the lampstand. And it's that picture that is used before the angel says, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. His light is about to go out. The the passion, the heat that he has for this project is about to die. And it's in that moment that God says, look, You do not have enough power, you do not have enough might to make this happen. It is by my spirit, says the Lord. And we know that throughout scripture, oil always represents a symbol, a picture of the Holy Spirit. And so you have this picture of of these pipes, this this connection between the, the source and the light. Here's the question for you and I. Are you connected to the Holy Spirit in such a way that you are shining bright light in the darkness all around you and that there is heat, passion for the Lord, even though there is, you are living in a, in a dark, cold world. If you, like Zerubbabel, are about to give up, you're discouraged, this is not going well, it doesn't seem like you have enough energy, enough power, I'm not smart enough, I I don't have enough managerial skill, you need to hear this morning. You need to be connected to the reality of the Holy Spirit. It is not by might, it is not by power, it is by my Spirit, says the Lord. Here's the second prayer we can pray. Convince me of my inadequacy apart from the Holy Spirit. Convince me of my inadequacy apart from the Holy Spirit. You know, those of us, especially that live in Western, American, suburban culture, it is so easy to substitute the power of the Holy Spirit with the power of other things. For most of us, We have a supply of money. And so we will tend to rely upon the power of money to do what we should only be relying upon the power of the Holy Spirit to do. Be honest. When you have a little extra money, are those the times that you tend to pray the most? Are those the times that you tend to lean into the Holy Spirit of God the most? Or is it when the money is gone and you are, powerless with money, that you have the greatest tendency to lean into the power of the Holy Spirit. And what God is saying to us in this passage is, don't rely upon the power of money to do what only the Spirit of God can do. Don't rely on the power of manipulation. You may be in a situation where you've got a relationship that needs to be mended or it's a difficult situation or maybe you're trying to advance in an organization Don't rely upon the power of manipulation to do what only the power of the spirit of God can do. Don't rely upon the power of methodology or management. There's a library full of management books that you can dive into to try to find out the secret of organizing people and pushing a project through and project management. If you're doing all of that as a substitute for the power of the Holy Spirit to do what only He can do, you're gonna be sadly disappointed with what the power of management can do. And then the power of mastery. What I mean by that is this. Some of you have so much experience doing what you do, you don't even have to think anymore. And the truth of the matter is, you don't even have to pray anymore. You've mastered it. And maybe that's your job, Maybe that's your ministry and you are not connected to the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's what God says to you this morning. It is not by your power. It is not by your might that you are going to accomplish everything God wants you to do. You've got to be connected to the power of his spirit. Be careful here this morning. The more natural ability you have the less likely you will be to rely upon the power of the Holy Spirit. Some of you, you're so good looking. You're so intelligent. You're so educated. You have so much experience. You have so much people skills or you have so much money. It is very hard for you to believe that statement because you seem pretty adequate to do what's on your plate. And it's at that point you need to hear the warning. Don't live independently from the Spirit of God. You have to rely upon the Spirit of God. There's a church in the New Testament in the city of Galatia. Paul writes a letter. And in Galatians chapter 3, verse 3, he reminds them of when they were small. Paul had planted this church, and in the early days, they were very dependent upon the Spirit. It reminded me of 10 years ago when we planted our church, and we had no building, no budget, no nice screen, no technology. We didn't have a pulpit. I just, just had a Bible and the Spirit of God. And that seemed to be enough and yet here we are 10 years later and we've got a nice building and we got a nice mica and we got a nice screen and we got all this technology and we're trying to expand the discipleship factory here and the Made for More campaign. It's like we, we, we have more than we ever have. We have more power. We have more might than we've ever had. Hear me. It is not by power. It is not by might. But by my spirit, says the Lord, if we start relying upon our power and our might, the Holy Spirit will say, let's see how how that goes without me. And I would say to you, whatever you're trying to build, you need to hear what the Spirit said to Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was trying to build a temple. Some of you are trying to build a ministry. Some of you are trying to build A marriage and to the husband and the wife that are long past the honeymoon stage and now you're into the forgive and forbear stage it is not by might it is not by power it is by my spirit says the lord that your marriage will succeed some of you are trying to build an organization or you're trying to build a business or a team don't build that team without the power of the Holy Spirit, you are completely inadequate to do what the Lord wants you to do in that situation. And for our church, the church that forsakes prayer is the church that has said, we can do this without the Spirit of God. We don't wanna be that church. Convince me of my inadequacy apart from the Holy Spirit. Here's the third prayer. Help me to live dependently on the Holy Spirit. Help me to live dependently on the Holy Spirit. The rest of the chapter here begins in verse seven. It's it's a wild ride. Follow along with me beginning in verse seven. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel you shall become a plain and he shall bring forward the top stone amid shouts of grace, grace to it. What is he saying there? He begins to speak to the mountain after he's been told that the spirit of the Lord is sufficient to build the temple. And so he begins to taunt the mountain. Who are you, O mountain? In other words, who do you think you are standing in the way of the spirit of God? You're about to become a plane. You're about to be flattened by the spirit of God. Do you understand the the irony there? Who are you, O mountain? Here's the better question. Who are you, O Spirit of God? If you know the answer to that question, it doesn't matter who the mountain is because the Spirit of God is more powerful than any mountain that you are facing. Can I ask you this question? What mountain are you facing? Some of you are facing a mountain of unbelief. You're trying to believe You're trying to live by the standards of God's word, but it just seems so ancient and nobody else is doing it. And I mean, do I really have to conform my life to God's standard of purity and sexuality and honesty and integrity? And I mean, mean, come on, that was a long time ago. That mountain of unbelief is flattened. If you can answer the question, who are you? O Spirit of God. Once you know the power of the Spirit, you can wrap your life around that power. You're plugged into the power source and there is not a mountain you're facing that will keep you from what God wants you to do. Some of you are facing a mountain of temptation, temptation to quit, a mountain of exhaustion. It's just not worth it anymore. Some of you are facing a mountain of disappointment like they were. Things just seem to be moving so slow and your dreams aren't being realized and you're so under-resourced. That is exactly the context that this passage was spoken into. It goes on in verse eight, it says, then the word of the Lord came to me saying, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house, his hand shall also complete it. In other words, God's going to get done in his power what you can't do in yours. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent Me to you. Verse 10, for whoever has despised the day of small things shall rejoice and shall see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. These seven are the eyes of the Lord which range through the whole earth. Whoever has despised the day of small things shall rejoice. I find it interesting that most people think they can handle the small things on their own. They just need the Holy Spirit for the big things. I, I, need, I need, Lord, I'm, okay, now I have, I have a terminal disease. Now I need, I need you to work. I, I need a miracle. God, we are out of cash. We need you to supply miraculously in the big things. Listen, don't despise the day of small things. You diminish the ministry of the Holy Spirit if you don't see him working in the small things. He is just as much at work providing a job for you, providing a church for you, protecting you from disease as he is in healing you from disease. He is just as much at work when you open your Bible and you read a verse and he convicts you of a sin. That sounds like a small thing. That is a Holy Spirit thing. And that is just as much of the grace of God as it is to heal you of a terminal illness. Don't despise the small things that God is doing. Others of you are you're just you're just growing in your faith, just inch by inch. It may not be as fast as, as you want, but somebody's pouring into you, somebody's discipling you, you have a small group, you have a church, and inch by inch you're growing. That is the work of the Holy Spirit, and I'm dependent on Him for all. All of it. And notice the response that he says up in verse 7. At the end it says, Amid shouts of grace. Grace to it. Do you understand that any help you receive from God is undeserved? It is all of grace. And so there's an eruption of praise and worship because God showers grace to me through the ministry of the Holy Spirit to help me do what I cannot get done in my own power and in my own might. Grace, grace. Verse 11. And then I said to him, what are these two olive trees on the right and the left of the lampstand? Fair question. Is that a fair question? angel gives you this vision and you see olive trees and you ask the angel, I I would like to know what the olive trees represent. I mean, I get, I get the oil, that's Holy Spirit. And I, I get the light in a dark world, but what are these trees? He asked the question, He asked it a second time in verse 12 because he didn't get an answer the first time. And a second time I answered and said, what are these two branches of the olive trees which are beside the two golden pipes from which the golden oil is poured out? And he said to me, do you not know what these are? Not a helpful angel. He says, no, my Lord. So then he gives him the answer in verse 14. Then he said, these are the two anointed ones who stand by the Lord of the whole earth. Well, that clears it up, doesn't it? I mean, of course we know who that is. Actually, commentators really don't know. There's kind of a debate going on. Some commentators say that the two anointed ones were Zechariah, the prophet who wrote this book, and Haggai, the prophet that wrote the book before this one, addressing the same situation. Other commentators say one of the anointed ones was Zerubbabel, the project manager, who was actually in the line of King David. So he was in the line of Jesus and he held that anointed kingly role. And then the other one would be the priest Joshua that was ministering in the temple at the time. I don't really know. Here's what I do know. Zechariah, Haggai, Zerubbabel, and Joshua were all powerless men to get done what needed to get done until the Spirit of God, like those olive trees, flowed through them and out of them. In the Old Testament, those that were set apart for special service, those that were considered holy, were anointed, these two anointed ones. They would take some oil and put it on the forehead there, indicating they were special And that was the indication that the Spirit of God was on them. But listen, here's what we're gonna learn in this series. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you are not just anointed with the Holy Spirit, you are indwelled by the Holy Spirit. Just like those olive trees, you have a, constant source of light and heat. Fuel for worship. Fuel for mission. Fuel for ministry. Fuel for marriage. Everything you need has already been supplied through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The question is are you living dependently upon Him or are you depending upon your own might and your own power? If you are, it's no wonder you're exhausted. You need some spiritual power. You wanna connect with God in a way that he hears you and answers prayer. You wanna talk to people boldly about your faith and see them respond because the Holy Spirit is flowing through you. If you want that, we must not diminish the power of the Holy Spirit. Would you be willing to pray those three simple prayers? Lord, would you awaken me to the reality of the Holy Spirit, just in your own heart to his, just open up your heart and say, Lord, I've, I've read your word. I've come to church. I try to serve, but God, I, I need you to wake me up that there is something more than just going through the motions, something more just going through the religious facade awaken me to the reality of your spirit just pray that and then pray this Lord would you convince me of my inadequacy apart from the Holy Spirit maybe you should tell him it's like you have given me natural ability I've had the ability to make good grades and make money and build organizations and manipulate people. But Lord, I am completely inadequate for anything spiritual or eternal without you. Convince me of my inadequacy apart from the Holy Spirit. And then finally, would you ask him for help? Help me live dependently on the Holy Spirit. Fill me, flood me, fuel me with the power to be light and heat in a cold, dark world. Lord, I thank you for so many people that have a heart to glorify you, to glorify Jesus, to live as light and heat in this world. And I pray, God, that through uh, throughout today, through this series, we would we would sense the reality of your spirit flowing through us as we empty ourselves of of our own power, our own might, and we lean into the ministry that you want to give us through the Holy Spirit. God, some people here are facing mountains, and I pray that we would see those mountains fall as they begin to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. God, forgive us for living independently, trusting our own intellect or ingenuity or creativity. Lord, we lay all of that at your feet. Our money, our manipulation, our mastery, our management, all those things, God, you can use them, but God, we want you to fuel them with your spirit. Thank you for the grace that is so undeserved that you give us help. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.
0: The next time you see olive oil in your kitchen cupboard or on the shelf in the grocery store, maybe it will remind you of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit who lives in every true believer. Well, we've been listening as Pastor Trent Griffith helped us understand a strange vision from the prophet Zechariah. And if you'd like to go back and listen to this or other Resonate programs, an easy way to do that is to just go online and head to harvestgranger.org/resonate. Again, that's harvestgranger.org/resonate. Well, each week we meet at Harvest Bible Chapel in Granger, Indiana. And if you'd like to visit us for a worship service, just start by looking us up online. The website is harvestgranger.org. Just click where it says "Worship with us" in the middle of the screen. There's more information about service times and where to come and where to bring your kids and other things like that. Well, have you ever looked at the news headlines or checked your news app or even just heard about something going on in the world right now and thought, wow, that's depressing, or things seem to be going from bad to worse and there's nothing I can do about it? Well, next week, Pastor Trent will show us that God has provided helpless people, that's you and me all the help that we will ever need to live as God intended in a troubled world. I hope you can join us for that. Well, thanks for listening today. I'm Aaron Paulus, and my prayer is that God's word would resonate in your heart and mind this week. Remember, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Resonate with Trent Griffith is a radio and podcast ministry of Harvest Bible Chapel Granger. Visit us online at harvestgranger.org.